the Sports Talk with Devin Wade recap. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. What we think so far. Lakers, were they oversold? Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade briefcast. Welcome to Briefcast 29 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Of course, the briefcast and when I come to you guys solo, we do have full-fledged episodes where I bring in my special teams unit, either Biscuit or former NFL linebacker Eddie Robinson or Lena or Kevin Allen, the Silver Fox from my co-host from KTSU Sports Talk each and every Saturday in the city of Houston or on KTSURadio.com where we talk a lot of local sports, take phone calls, and get you guys involved. First and foremost, I want to thank you for tuning in. Welcome all of those who are tuning in for the first time. I want to remind you, you can follow me on social media, on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group. And we like to make those things interactive. You can post if you have a favorite team, if you want to answer poll questions, if you want to give me feedback. Perfect place to do that. Additionally, I post on the fan page as well. So that's a good thing to do. And of course, on Twitter, where I'm most active at Wade's Word, lowercase W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D, all one word. Wade's word. Those are the ways to reach out and touch me. And I also want to remind you guys, if you are a fledgling musician, DJ, rapper, guitar player, ukulele, whatever it is, if you have music and you want to expose your music to our audience, just uh, hit me up and uh, we'll get a snippet on at the halfway point. And at the end of the show, we will play the entire track. That way we can get some great new music or innovative mixes And on the back end, you will get an opportunity to be exposed to thousands of folks who tune in to the podcast. This time out, this briefcast, we will get into what's brand new. In addition to that, we'll talk about the biggest story in sports. That is the Anthony Davis trade to the Los Angeles Lakers and what the New Orleans Pelicans got in return. We'll talk about that. In addition to that, we will get into a few other tidbits in and around the world of sports. Something that is breaking my heart. I'll get into that and I'll give out a Lamont Award. And you say, well, hey, I've listened to the show before, but I have never listened to the Lamont Award. Well, you have to stick around to the end. On most briefcasts and full-fledged episodes, at the end, we will give out a Lamont Award to the sports world's biggest dummy, at least somebody in or around the world of sports. So with that, let's get into what's brand new. Brand new, brand new, brand new. What's brand new is that today is the 25th anniversary of the infamous O.J. Bronco chase, where the LAPD was in hot pursuit in a slow, well, I guess they were, it was a lukewarm pursuit. It was a slow speed chase of O.J. Simpson and A.C. Al Collins. They were looking for O.J., obviously, but A.C. Al Collins, who was, by the way, a former Houston Oilers, defensive tackle for the Houston Oilers. Yeah, I didn't know that. I just found that out. I, I, maybe I knew that back in the day, but I just saw it. Uh, the guys from Love You Blue on Twitter reminded me of that. But, yeah, A.C. Al Collins was driving in the slow-speed pursuit of O.J. Simpson, and it took, uh, I mean, it, it captivated the entire country. It happened to also coincide with Game 1 of the NBA. Finals with the Houston Rockets. Yes, we we in, in Houston. If you win, it's a weak thing. If you win, the, if you win it, see now in the media, I'm supposed to be impartial, but nostalgically, I can I can claim a team. You will never hear me say 
we the Texans or we the current Rockets. When you talk about 93-94 or you talk about the Love You Blue Oilers or the Run and Shoot Oilers, then, then I can put a we on it. I'll put a we on those. I, but as a journalist, as a, well, not a journalist anymore, but as a, a sports talk show host and podcast host, I'm supposed to be impartial. As a working member of the media, you're supposed to be impartial. So you won't hear me say we to a lot of things. But if you were a champion in Houston, you, it's a we. So we were in the championship for the first time since, what, 86, I think was the, yeah, yeah 86 was the last time. We went in 81 and 86. Those were the times that the Rockets went. And that was a we, even though they didn't win the championship, they got there. And so uh, I happened to be with Mark Gray. Shout out to Mark Gray, by the way. Uh, the Shadow League, he do, he's doing his thing on the East Coast. And the, what, what is it? The the Beltway, I guess. Uh, the DMV is where he is. That's what it is. The DMV. He's doing his thing on the East Coast. But yeah, I happened to be with a very young uh, Mark. Well, we both were young. Mark Gray. And we were hang, had met him for the first time. And we were on a press junket in Orlando, Florida on the Disney complex in the, the you know disney world at the dolphin i think it was a blast it was a wild time i was talking mad ish and i was ready for game one and then mark hits me in the lobby he says yo oj is involved in a chase and i'm like what what because you'd heard a couple days earlier that something had happened to his ex-wife but i mean i didn't follow the story closely obviously we were working on the things uh, that we were doing at the time i was doing an entertainment column for the Houston Informer, but the column went to a couple papers around the country periodically. So it was semi-syndicated, uh, where a couple of the papers will pick up a story or two and run it in their papers, in addition to being included in the Houston Informer. So I was there covering the Miss Collegiate African American pageant, and uh, Margaret and I were hanging out. And what they did was they did split screen. And I want to say I had we had a bunch of people in our room to watch that game. And I, I'm telling you, I was probably, in looking back on that, what I can remember in that fog, because there were a lot of libations there, what I can remember is that I was I was really obnoxious. There were a lot of New York writers. There were a lot of folks from the East Coast. They were not hearing about the Houston Rockets. They were all about the New York Knicks. But I gave them the blues. And so that on that night, Game one, that was the same time the O.J. Simpson chase was going on. It was it was crazy. I mean, I wanted to follow the chase, but I really wanted to follow the game. I mean, you know, you didn't want anything to happen to O.J. because at the time, you didn't know what to think. You didn't know what any of this was. And by the way, he joined Twitter, not to be outdone by the 25th anniversary of uh, all of that. He joined Twitter yesterday, and I have to tell you, I got to follow him. I have to follow him. I'm compelled to follow him because this could be really, really bad, really, really sad or surprisingly interesting. So you you, you just, whatever it is, I'm going to follow him. And I'm not alone because when I started to follow him, he had like 120 something thousand followers. Now I think he's over 300, maybe 400,000 followers on Twitter. And that's like in just like a day and a half or something like that. So I'm going to follow OJ. People get mad about that whole situation, and obviously he's a pariah in society. I have some very intense thoughts about the entire situation that may be incongruent with what a lot of people think about the situation. But I do, I will say this. At the time of the trial, there was reasonable doubt for a lot of people. See, they try to change the narrative to say, well, if black people were rooting for him even though they knew he was guilty. No, no, that is not the case. That is not the case. And by the way, I watched that trial every day. I was working in, in school and I was, the, whatever I was doing in my life, I availed myself 
of the trial every day. So I watched it every day and I know who I know all the people who have careers to this day because they feasted on the carcass of all of the dirt that, you know, that was created in the OJ trial. But again, there was there was it was not really racial until the verdict came out. Once the verdict came out, and I know you have the documentary saying, "Well, what was going on in L.A.?" But most of the people I knew, African American people I knew, really didn't want him to get off if he was guilty. Nobody wanted him to get off. But with the corruption in the LAPD, which was infamous at the time, there was doubt for a lot of people. They, now, again, to me, it wasn't until after the trial, I'm like, you don't move like a dude who didn't do it. And so with that being said, he's a polarizing figure. I know my mother did not. Anytime I talked about it on my show, anytime I said anything about OJ, she was like, she was not having it. She would, hey, she didn't listen to me all the time. But if she caught wind that I said something about OJ, one way or the other, she didn't even want me to, to talk about him, and she was not happy about that. And so she—that was one of the few critiques she gave me. I don't, I don't. Why do you talk about him? But again, I've gone full circle with this entire thing. But now I have him on Twitter, and it's a reminder of where I was 25 years ago today in Orlando, Florida, with a bathtub full of ice and beverages with my man Mark Gray. He always talks about the we were in a hot tub with some famous supermodel, well, with at least one famous supermodel. The other one was a superstar. But, but yeah, yeah, that was that was a wild trip. That was a long, long time ago, and uh, I enjoyed myself, and that was a crazy, crazy time. So that's what sort of brand new is. I mean, it's not brand new. It's brand new that it's the anniversary, but the event itself obviously is not brand new. And I know a lot of people be thought, why are you talking about OJ? You just and maybe you you won't even finish this, but I'm I hope you do, uh, because we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Not the least of which is the drama that is the NBA and cue the music. I say cue the music because we have been talking about how the NBA is a is a soap opera. And there are a lot of questions, dun dun dun, about what's gonna happen, who's gonna end up where, what's going to happen next season, and what they're doing in the process in this offseason, the NBA offseason. Yeah, you have the draft coming up. But there is, I mean, all the headlines are being stolen from football. Now, football is three weeks away from training camp, so they'll get their time back. But usually this is time where you start to think about and talk about football. But over the last four or five years, it hadn't been that way with all the NBA free agency movement. Now, a lot of people think that this is a good thing for the NBA when these big names change teams. And in the short term, that's right. It is a good thing because, again, it stirs up headlines. The teams change all the time, and the power structure is constantly sort of hanging in the balance depending on what one guy or the other or two or three guys decide to do. We've seen this since the decision with LeBron. It really did change the NBA, and I think for the worst, and I'll tell you why. So, okay, we're waiting right now, and and I'm going to get into the Anthony Davis trade, and I'm going to get into that quite a bit, but here we are. The Toronto Raptors fans are celebrating in a big, big way. They're celebrating the whole country of Canada, celebrating the championship. They're, they're the champions. They want it all. The Toronto Raptors won, won it all. But we're less than a week from that, and all it's all about what is Kawhi going to do. So if Kawhi leaves, now all of a sudden that excited fan base, you'll have something that's like a, just a – Almost like a Cinderella moment. You have this moment before the clock strikes midnight. And now you go back to being a pumpkin and you're going back to scrubbing your stepmom's basement or whatever the story of Cinderella is. 
the wicked stepsisters or whatever. So you had your moment at midnight. But if Kawhi leaves, the Toronto Raptors are pumpkins again. And so that's not good long term for that fan base. Look, I mean, maybe again, I'm get off my lawn. I'm dating myself or whatever. But I honestly feel like this, that we grew up loving guys that were our guys. These were our guys. I know Earl Campbell finished his career in New Orleans, but he was our guy. I know that Elijah Warren finished his career in like Toronto. And it may not even be, it may have been somebody else other than Toronto, but he's a rock. He's our guy. And you, I mean, and obviously, yeah, I appreciate free agency for what it does for the players. And I want guys to have control. And in, in, in a perfect world, they should have control of where they work and how they work and all of those things. But I, like I say all the time, when we talk about sports in this vacuum, I set some of that aside because you want your team, your guys to be on your team. James Harden, for better or for worse, he's our guy. Now, of course, he started out in OKC, but he's our guy now. You would want as a fan base for a guy like Harden to have a legacy that will culminate in a championship. I don't know. I mean, I could go back to the Florida Marlins when they won their World Series twice and then they blew up those teams. They broke those teams up and those teams all of a sudden, I mean, they were nothing compared to what they were the previous year. And what did that do? What did that roller coaster really do with that fan base? Now the Miami Marlins, same team, same organization, has the worst attendance in baseball, and everybody's talking about they should move. And the bottom line about all of this is it didn't pan out well for that organization or for that local fan base. In the NBA, if you have a now for me, I'm a Rocket fan. I'm I'm a Houstonian. I root for the Rockets, but I'm also in the grand scheme of things. I keep an eye on the entire league. I'm a league fan. My favorite team is not the, has not been the Rockets. My favorite football team is not the Texans. I want my hometown team to win, and I want them to win with guys that I want them to win with. But at the same time, I can pull away emotionally. But what leagues thrive on is having fanatics, people that are going to buy the gear, buy the jerseys, invest in a team, watch everything, listen to every show, watch the post game, buy the products advertised on the games. I mean, you, you're dependent on attendance and people paying those PSLs and those high prices for those season tickets. You need those be- people to be fanatics. Well, people are not going to be fanatics for your team, for any given team, if A, it's not their home team, and B, if it's the, for players who don't invest in that organization. So Kawhi comes in, and I, and I want to do this too. I want to say this. I want to give Kawhi a lot of credit because he knew he didn't want to be in Toronto. He wanted out of San Antonio. He wanted to be in L.A. And he couldn't be in L.A. And he could have just really folded his tent and said, well, hey, we'll get through this year and then I'll go home to the West Coast. And so, you know, he didn't have to try as hard as he did. And, yeah, they had workload management and all of those things and minutes restrictions. Well, maybe not minutes restrictions, but he had a, a, they monitored his workload and he didn't play. And I think he missed 19 games. They sort of set, took it easy for him so it could accommodate any potential injury that he came in with. And he wouldn't wear himself down. And it worked because he had all he needed to win an NBA championship. But he could have just mailed it in this year and not invested in that team. So I give him credit for that. But if he leaves, which I think he will leave, by every indication, you kind of get a sense that they think he's going to leave if that happens. And we don't know yet. Maybe I'm wrong. I want to be wrong. I would like for him to stay 
in Toronto, but I wanted him to stay in San Antonio. If he leaves, what does that do to that fan base? Yeah, you'll give him a standing ovation when he comes back, but you're not invested emotionally the same way. Even though they won a championship, if there's no Kawhi and Masai Ujiri, and he's the general manager, by the way, if those two guys leave, or but especially Kawhi, not Ujiri, that's, you know, that's business. He's not on the court night in and night out. But if Kawhi leaves and that team is just a middle of the pack, uh, bottom half of the Eastern Conference team, then all that momentum and excitement is for, for nothing because it's over. So I think while it's exciting for the NBA brand, long term, you need those fanatics. Those are the people who spend money because otherwise everybody just kind of floats around and they'll like a team here and there, but they're not really emotionally invested. I like Golden State, but I'm not buying a Steph Curry jersey. I'm not buying Golden State gear. Kevin Allen loves Golden State, loves Golden State, but next year they, they're going to struggle. Is he going to still be rocking Golden State gear? Nope. <laughs> will he Will he go to a game in Oakland? No. Nope. So will he even even if both of those guys come back 100%, will he go? No. He's in Houston. He, he's not going He's not going to be a season ticket holder. So and while I, I, I understand how all these things play out, it would really be nice to have. I mean, because think about some of your favorite players from years gone by. When you think about Gil Sears. Uh, Tony Dorsett or Troy Aikman or I mean you name any number of guys Peyton Manning yeah he won a Super Bowl in Denver but he's an Indianapolis Colt and uh, if these guys move around and it's a new team every year I don't know that you'll have the same over time you'll have the same kinds of enthusiastic fans that you need to continue to grow as a league now they have a different approach they're going global and they're trying to get people in Europe and Asia to to buy in but i'm telling you this even they with look at look at china with yao ming yao ming ain't played for the rockets in forever but still in china uh, the rockets are everybody's favorite team because that is the franchise that had yeah had yao ming on it so we'll have to monitor this situation uh, i mean look at cleveland how enthusiastic are the folks in cleveland <laughs> that lebron is gone these hired guns you can win a championship but if i'm an owner i really want you want the build up the win or wins and then you want to be able to sustain that look at oakland had oakland had uh, golden state won one year and broke that team up do you think that they would have a new state a uh, new uh, state of the art venue uh, across the bay in san francisco I don't think they would. I think it was because you had the the growth, the incubation period of watching this team become a winner and you birthed some championships and now you get to kind of, you've fallen in love with these guys. And even if like one guy and Durant leaves, you still have your core guys there and that you'll continue to celebrate even if they kind of go back down and you have to build it back up. I don't know. That's just, uh, you can give me your take on that. Hit me up on Wade's Word. Hit me up on uh, the Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and uh, group and give me your feedback on that or on SoundCloud. Give me your comments on SoundCloud as well. Let's talk about the biggest story in the NBA, and that is the trade of Anthony Davis to the New Orleans Pelicans for a host of players, including Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and the number four overall pick. 
And in return, of course, Anthony Davis gets to play with LeBron James, and they have a big two as uh, they maintain possession of uh, the rights of Kyle Kuzma. So Kyle Kuzma's there. Uh, in fact, the Lakers only have four players under contract. And initially, I had tweeted out that this was a lose-lose situation. And, and I kind of wavered back and forth, and obviously Las Vegas and people around the country and Laker fans think that, okay, we're back. This is it. We're going to the championship. We're going to win it all. And I mean, so they're, they're right there. Um, no, not so sure. They have some salary cap issues. They have a few things at their disposal uh, that could go either way that could free up some money for them. And uh, we'll get a little bit into that. But I think the Pelicans were in a position where they had to make a move. And I guess that this was the best move that they could get before the draft. And uh, Anthony Davis, again, I thought that he might recant a little bit but i guess it was too much uh water under that bridge and essentially what happened was he still wanted out even after they won the lottery and uh, presumably gonna pick zion williamson number one you thought okay well maybe this will work me and then maybe they can you know do something and and add some pieces you got their big three of their version of a big three with drew holiday Anthony Davis and Zion Williamson. So now, but again, if he wanted out, you could get nothing. You could wait a little bit longer, but you didn't want him poisoning this young team or will be, will be a, a sort of a rebuild for them. I guess all in all came out okay for them. I think that they are going to make more moves. Julius Randle opted out, so he's not going to be there. I don't think that he, I don't, maybe he'll resign, but I don't think he will. So now I was looking at their lineup. And as of today, and they have the number four overall pick, and you don't know which way uh, they're going to go with that. They may get the kid out of uh, Virginia, Hunter. Uh, I think that's the guy that is probably the consensus number four overall pick. You know, it's Zion, Job Morant, and uh, R.J. Barrett. Those are the consensus big three, our first three to come out in the NBA draft. Number four, there are some discussions about who's the true fourth best player in this draft. And so that's sort of up for grabs. But as it stands today, you have Drew Holiday, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and Jaleel Okafor. That, that's your starting five. You have Lonzo Ball coming off of the bench. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I don't – you have to do something, a youth movement – uh, maybe once you had the number four pick, maybe you can create some sort of enthusiasm around those four. Maybe they can kind of build something. Zion, the number four pick, Drew Holiday, and Brandon Ingram. So I don't know. They were Their backs were against the wall, and I don't think it's a good deal necessarily for the Lakers. I'm at the point where I think LeBron is pretty much at the I – I, we've seen his best days. He's on a downside. Does that mean he has enough to win a championship? You know, injuries are a part of it. A lot of times as players get older, it's not that, that their talent uh, erodes that much, although we see a lot of that. Now, it's injuries, breakdowns. Look at Kobe. Kobe kept breaking down. Uh, Anthony Davis has never really been a, a healthy player. I would have to look at his numbers to see how many games he played on average on, before this year. This year was sort of a throwaway year. I don't think he handled it. I think it's bad that Rich Paul has this much power to be this disruptive in his league. Now you look at a situation where he orchestrated something and it 
came to fruition. He made it work. People said, well, hey, you go up against the man and beat the man. Make sure that the guys go where they want to go play, who would they, you know, play with who they want to play with and do things their way. Well, as a fan, and it goes back to what I was just saying a few moments earlier, you root for your GM because your GM is the only one that wants to make sure your hometown team or your favorite team is going to win long term. That's that's the goal, at least. So when these players sort of rebel, and I hate to keep saying this because people think that I, you know, I want to hate on the players. I'm not hating on the players at all. Outside of the vacuum of sports, I love these as independent contractors and making your way and picking your own spot and working where you want to work under the conditions and coworkers that you want. Anyone would want that. If you give me my my spot where I can go and then I can pick my staff, my coworkers, my teammates. Hey man, anybody would be a fool not to take that. So the players, I hey, I am ecstatic for them in that sense. However, it's not good for the NBA. You uh, Barkley has I mentioned this a couple times. You want stars in these smaller markets. Why does everything have to be L.A., New York, Boston, Chicago, all the big markets? Let some of the smaller markets. That's why I was glad to see Milwaukee do work. And I'm root for New Orleans as a smaller market. I've wanted this team to get over the hump for a long time when they had Cousins and Davis and Holiday and they've had a number of guys you know decent guys but they couldn't get over the hump they couldn't get it together they made coaching changes now Anthony Davis wants out and so I guess you can have enthusiasm around this youthful team and you didn't want to poison the these young men if Davis really didn't want to be there but long term maybe they'll do something and get rid of Holiday and get some value for him I don't know. I don't know what they can do, and I don't know anything that I can see. Unless Zion is really what the hype says he is. If he's what the hype says he is, then maybe just maybe they'll have a chance at the playoffs. Otherwise, they're still uh, they'll be in the lottery again next year. And and again, as far as the draft picks, the number four is good. But then you have like a protected pick, and then they have the option to defer. You're talking about 23, 20, 2023, 2024 before they get their last picks in this. And I don't think they'll be if if the Lakers are any good, and they're going to be good. They're going to be contending for a Western Conference title. So those draft picks won't be very high. So that's almost like – it's not like the NFL where you can get value late in the draft. Every now and then you can – but look at the back end of any NBA draft over the last 10, 15 years and tell me how many how many diamonds in that rough you find. Not as many as you might think. So, like I said, it's something that ultimately if you had to do it in your New Orleans, you have a long-term guard who could be special. I don't know. Lonzo Ball, I heard uh, De'Aaron Fox, Houstonian De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox said, give him a break. He's going to be He's going to be fine. And he said, like, this guy is going to be really, really good. And I mean, and this is aside from all the hype that came from Magic Johnson and, of course, his father. Uh, I think that, you know, we'll have to see what he develops into as a point guard. He's a pass first point guard and maybe a guy that can run your organization for the next eight to ten years. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see how he develops. In addition to that, I don't know what Josh Hart long term is not. I don't know what he can give you. Ingram can be a special player, too. And so we'll have to see what what he uh, can do and what he matures into. And then Zion, everything, I guess he's the biggest X factor because the hype says he's transformative. We'll see. 
I mean, we will see. I mean, if he is, he is. But I've heard, I've caught this show before, and sometimes they're really, really right, and sometimes not so much. So we'll have to see. Um, But clearly, they're in the mix. They have to add to that roster. Do they go with their own big three? It looks like this deal will be done by July 6th, so that doesn't give them much space to add a max player. So that won't happen. So they'll be looking to for, for role players. To I mean, they only have four players under contract. I don't believe in this team because I don't believe in the health. Moving forward of Anthony Davis, and I don't, I just don't believe that LeBron. LeBron looks so bad at times. It was, was I mean, I don't know. Maybe that was just mentally he was disinterested. He he couldn't get these guys on. Maybe he just knew early on he couldn't get these guys in the form into being what he wanted. I, I just don't think, and I've been wrong about the New England Patriots in the NFL, been predicting the demise of Tom Brady for years, but I'm predicting the demise of LeBron James. But that being said, the West is wide open, and there's turmoil in Houston, and that's a, a big, big deal. An uh, article came out on ESPN, uh, Tim McMahon, I think, uh, wrote the article, talked about some of the specifics of Harden and Paul not getting along. Seems like Harden doesn't respect Paul as a player or a player coach. So it, there's a lot of turmoil there. You don't you going into the last season of Mike D'Antoni's contract. They've flown to West Virginia to try to work on an extension. It hadn't happened yet. And then as long as that's not happening, who are you going to get to be your assistant coaches? They have a couple of spots on that bench to fill. And do do a lot of guys want to come work for a lame a lame duck coach? I mean, I've said this all along, and when you see in some of the quotes uh, about James Harden, it, it's a, the same a lot of the same situation uh, that I've talked about on KTSU Sports Talk. is It's not about the, the coach; it's about who can convince. Well, I guess it is about the coach to the extent of can anybody persuade James Harden to play a different way? He won't listen to Chris Paul. He didn't listen to Kevin McHale. I don't know what Mike D'Antoni is saying, but clearly he is not working in concert with a Hall of Fame caliber point guard and Chris Paul. So this experiment is not working. It could be overblown. It could be something they could work through. They don't have much choice because neither one of them are going anywhere. The the Rockets uh, management and ownership loves uh, James Harden, and he's an MVP. If he's not the MVP, he's the MP, uh, MVP runner-up. And he won, he's one of the best players in this league, a transcendent offensive player in the NBA. No doubt about that. He's all of that. So he's not going anywhere. Chris Paul's contract is so bad that if you got rid of him, it would make you worse. You wouldn't be better. You wouldn't be better at all. So a lot of decisions to be made, but they better do a lot of healing over there. A lot of kumbaya. The old venue in which the Rockets used to play in, is uh, Joel Osteen's church. So maybe maybe they need to go back to the old summit and get some, some spirituality in their lives because this it's not working. Intimately, it doesn't seem like. If you watch this team every day, if you are a fan, close fan uh, of this uh, team, it, it just doesn't seem to be working. Nationally, uh, they tend to be a little bit more optimistic about it. But if you, it just doesn't feel right. In the grand scheme of things, though, they've only failed to get past Golden State. Yes, they lost in the last five years. I think they lost to Portland once and four other times to Golden State. Golden State will not be the same team. So we a lot of things are left to be determined with that team. A lot of moving parts. Do they bring back Cousins? How soon can Klay Thompson come back? What will Durant do? 
Hard to say. All of that stuff is, is hard to answer. And we'll follow it because it is, after all, a soap opera. So with that, going to take a brief time out, come back on the other side. I have a Lamont Award going to talk a little bit about uh, the Houston Texans. We talked about them on the Houston show, but some of you guys don't listen to the Houston show. So we'll talk about that on the other side and a whole lot more. This is Briefcast 28 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast on iTunes. Tune in SoundCloud, KTSU Radio, or wherever you get your podcast. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. All aboard your non-stop getaway to the weekend. It's the Friday Express with yours truly, Devin Wade, each and every Friday from 7 p.m. until 10, where we feature a little bit of this. A little bit of this. And a whole lot of this. End your work week and start your weekend with your non-stop getaway to the weekend. The Friday Express with Devin Wade, exclusively on KTSU 90.9, your community station. Welcome back to Recast 29 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. And again, I want to remind you guys, if you are a DJ, musician, uh, rapper, or violinist, whatever you do uh, musically, we invite you to send your music to us. Give us permission to play your music. I don't care the genre, as long as it's radio edit, and we'll play, a ha- play it at the halfway point of the show, and we'll play the entire track at the end of the show. So let me do something real quick. Let me clear my throat. Let me clear my throat. I think I said something about there being a bathtub filled of libations or whatever, and, and there were. But let me paint the picture for you, because I don't want to, I don't want to leave any room for misinterpretation. So essentially, what happened was we had this massive party in my room at the Dolphin, and you had all these people I didn't even know, and we went and bought a bunch of ice. We got a bunch of ice because ice was free. The only thing that was free. I remember freaking out at a continental breakfast at how much orange juice was on the Disney property. How much orange juice was when I'm looking outside. It was like $12 for a carafe of orange juice back then. And I'm like, there are oranges literally on the trees right there. (laughs) You can look out of the window and literally see oranges. And $12 for a carafe of orange juice? Are you serious right now in Florida with like there are 8 billion oranges everywhere? So whatever. So I do remember that. That I remember about Disney. And I do remember like being hypnotized after a few days on on their property uh, and started humming. It's a small world after all to myself. But no, 
what we did was we got a we went someone gave us a or gave me or us a ride into town got a bunch of stuff into town meaning into orlando proper or whatever and we were able to get a bunch of stuff alcohol and stuff and just load up the bathroom with ice and and beer and whatever else and then of course i was able to shower with i met a lovely well i won't even get into it but i didn't have to utilize that shower i was able to go shower somewhere else so i wanted to clarify that that it sounded weird that we you know that maybe we were drinking champagne no no it was not that it was much more primitive and college like during game one of the nba finals so i wanted to clear that up because you know sometimes i say things wait a minute i hear it one way but maybe that i leave it open for uh misinterpretation so i wanted to get that straight want to talk a little bit about the texans and i talked about them saturday and i hinted on briefcast 28 about it but the texans are they they have they're having some problems over there on kirby so not only did they get hit with tampering they're being sued by a former african-american employee who says that uh, brian Gaines came in and tried to remove all the black people from authoritative positions from uh, positions of of, uh, of leadership and that he got rid of like six employees it was so bad and i quoted it on the air and i don't have a quote here but essentially, he said that black employees pretty quickly understood that, hey, we we are not to convene. Even at lunch, they don't like that. Or he didn't like that. And normally, you could look at these things and say, oh, frivolous lawsuit from a disgruntled former employee who, was got, who got fired for not doing his job, his or her job. I don't feel that way here. Now, I'm not saying that it's true. I can say I I will say it's believable when you look at the track record of that organization and and I really went I, I don't I want to be balanced here because they have had African American uh, African American GM they've had prominent African Americans in a lot of important positions in the organization uh, my guy Vice President of Communications for the Washington Redskins was had held the same position for the Houston Texans Tony Wiley a Houstonian African American Houstonian Kevin Cooper. Uh, HISD product, African-American. He was the media relations director. So they've had African-Americans in prominent positions. However, you did have the McNair comments. You did have the expulsion of Dwayne Brown after he went at Bob McNair, or at least said, hey, he felt like some of the stuff they have done has been racist. So uh, the, when, the, going back to the way he says, don't you can't let the inmates run the asylum. Or, and, you know, and so they, they don't have a clean record when it comes to these sorts of things, you wouldn't know it here in Houston because a lot of the media, they, they sort of brush over these things. And I don't want to agitate the situation. I, I read the story, but it is believable. Some things that are happening over there are very questionable on a lot of different levels, not just on a racial level. Oh, it's no bueno over there. It's not, it's not right. And I think a lot of it goes, a lot of changes have happened when Bill O'Brien came in. Let's see what Cal does in this situation. Because he can't hire Nick Casario, he is forced to look for another general manager. And we'll see what happens with this Brian Gaines situation. But the, the fact that the guy said African-American employees knew not to convene, they didn't like that. I mean, like, he didn't like that. So, I don't know. There's a lot of trouble over there, and it makes it it makes it hard. It's a different kind of thing over there. They want to make this New England South – and this is the least accessible this team has been, I think. I think this the way that they handle the media in this market 
is not good. It's not open. It's not there. It's very controlled. I've heard. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to get too deep in it. But there are levels to this thing. Not even entirely about or along racial lines. It's a lot going on over there. And I guarantee, you, if you start to see. Uh, continue to see this sort of turmoil in the front office is going to trickle down to the players. It's not a good deal. I, I'm telling you, it's not right over there. And there's a, there's a lot of really, a lot of control freaks over there. And if you're Bill Belichick and you've done what you've done, you can do what you want to do. You come here, you've not won anything. You won your division this year and you lose to a team that you beat in your division. And those teams in your division are getting better and you're not. I'm telling you, I don't like the way they move over there. I like DeAndre Hopkins. I like Deshaun Watson. I like uh, Clowney, J.J. Watt. I mean, I like a number of the guys on the team. I just don't like the way things are being run right now. And I don't know what in the world... Bill O'Brien has ever done to earn this type of respect. He's okay. Bill O'Brien continues to make the same types of mistakes. Time management is the issue. Use of timeouts, challenges, just too conservative sometimes and just too cavalier other times. I don't know. We'll we'll see, and we have plenty of time to complain about that. And I know for Texans fans, they are not hearing any of what I have to say about that. But at the same time, uh, if you're not on board with the Texans, these are some of the reasons why you see some of the problems that they have with their fan base or their potential fan base, or they are eroded uh, members of the fan base, the, the folks that have fallen off. But that's that. So with that, I want to talk about a couple of other things. U.S. Women's National Team uh, won today. Also, the other thing, the parade for the – well, I'll get into that. Uh, but a, a number of other things. Happy Father's Day to a number of folks. I didn't say it last time. I don't – I said it Saturday, or maybe I didn't say it enough. But, yeah. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. We saw a couple uh, really nice gestures. I saw something last week. I read a headline. Wilson Ramos's uh, Father's Day gift was his wife coming out while he was on the on-deck circle to reveal with a uh, poster that she was having their third child. So that was pretty cool on the weekend of Father's Day. I think that happened Saturday. So, uh, you know, good stuff. David Ortiz, Big Poppy continues to get better. So a lot going on there in the St. Louis blues. I don't know if I mentioned this won the Stanley cup. So yay for that. Those are just some of the brief things that you may have caught, may not have caught. Wanted to make mention of those things. But with that, it is time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. The Lamont Award is when we uh, recognize somebody in or around the world of sports that has done something that I personally deem stupid, and that will make them a big dummy, at least in regards to this particular issue, not necessarily in their lives. It's not a criticism uh, of their intellectual uh, abilities. It's just, this is this was dumb. And one of the things I want to talk about, and we've talked about Golden State losing and Toronto winning the championship. Well, this time out, Lamont Award goes to all the Toronto Raptors who decided that they wouldn't go back home that they would celebrate in Vegas for not one night, but two nights. They wanted to hang out 
in Las Vegas and party on the West Coast and do all of those things before flying home to celebrate with the entire country that has supported them. Today they had their victory parade, 2.9 million people along the the parade route and and they had some uh, some danger out there. I guess four people got shot and they have two suspects in custody. So that happened uh, all today. But I mean, just an unbelievable turnout. They say 4% of the country of Canada turned out to support the Raptors for their victory parade. But 12 or 5 or 3 or 4 of them couldn't even make their way back to Toronto to celebrate with those folks immediately. Yeah, you showed up for the parade, but you decided in Vegas for what? For like you can do this anytime. They celebrate like this anytime in Las Vegas. Why did you feel the need to not go back to Toronto? One of the people who didn't go back was Kawhi. Leads me to believe he's not going back in the fall either. He's going back to California. But I just think that that is egregious, and that speaks to uh, at least him and, and maybe others who are not really invested in that community. Can you imagine Elijah not coming back after the Rockets won the championship, but instead going to Vegas for a couple of days? No, you come home first, party. I think that is inconsiderate. I think it, it it speaks to the relationship they must have, a bad judgment. No one told them, go back to be with your people. These are your people. The, these are the people that braved the weather, that st- stood out in the rain to support you guys, that, that paid for season tickets. That's, you know They have a whole Jurassic Park because of the, the fanaticism of the people of Canada supporting you. But you want to go party with some, well, I will, you want to go party in Vegas? Is this really what you want to do? To me, that is an insult, and I wouldn't have showed up for the parade today. You want to blow me off for a couple of days to go to Vegas? And if you do that, you are not thinking about the people who loved you all season long. And for those of you who got swept over the last couple of years who've been with the organization, you sure should have made a beeline back to Toronto. I tell you what, you're going to miss this kind of love if Kawhi leaves. And Kawhi, you're going to miss this kind of love in L.A. because they don't love anybody like that other than Magic Johnson and and uh, maybe Kobe Bryant. <laughs> and that ain't a, 100% solidified. But Toronto Raptors, the Toronto Raptors who partied in Vegas instead of going home, you are big dummies. You big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> With that, before I let go. Before I let go. Hey, before I let go, please give me your feedback. Uh, tell me what days. I've been doing a lot of these. I've been sort of been doing rapid fire. I've been getting a lot of material out here uh, on the bi-weekly and even, uh, what, two? I, what, we've had a number of episodes already this month, and we're only, I guess we're 17 days in the June. But, yeah, we're putting out a lot of product. Just want to know what you like, what you don't like, and uh, what days you want to listen. When do you want to get Do you want it every day? Do you want to listen every day? Tell me if you want to hear every other day, once a week, when do you have time? I need to hear from the masses. I want everybody to chime in on this. Not just a couple. I want people to tell me, hey, D-Wade, I like to listen. I can listen once or twice a week. I really enjoy that. Or, hey, man, I need to listen every day. I hate local sports talk in whatever my city is. Fill in the blank. And I, I want to hear from you. You tell me, I'll act accordingly. Hit me up on Twitter at Wade's Word or the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group on Facebook. And as always, have a great day.